Proverbs chapter 3. We've been learning together that success and prosperity doesn't just come because you sow a seed or you honor God by returning his tithe. Those things are important, but they're peace. True biblical prosperity is not a get-rich-quick scheme. True biblical prosperity or success is, is about a lifestyle. It's about the things that you do. It's about the character. It's about the life that you live. It's, it's a lifestyle of prosperity. And part of that lifestyle is character. Now, young people, I've been beating you up a little bit on this, and I, I don't ask forgiveness, but I ask that you open your heart and listen. Because one of the things that we have noticed is there's some character things in the millennial generation that are going to be a problem for you long term. Right now you think you know it all, but in the long term it's going to be a challenge for you. One of those character traits is a lack of loyalty. Forbes magazine writes April 4, 2017, quote, the millennials are coming to have no faith in the concept of loyalty. Instead, they are playing the game of leapfrog, going from here to there, staying on the constant move, thinking that when you stand still, you get crushed. Now, I've told you repetitively, I understand the attitude. I understand the way of thinking. Business today has become more predatory than the Lion King ever was. I mean, business today is so predatory, it is so cutthroat, it is so swim at the sharks, and people destroy each other, they destroy other people's lives, and they say, it's nothing personal, only business. Well, you know, when you destroy somebody's dream, it's personal. Look at the person next to you and say, it's personal. I understand multinational corporations sucking every bit of life and strength out of you like a giant spider until your family is ruined, your marriage is ruined, and when there's nothing left to give, they discard you parang basura. I, I understand the, the attitude of self-preservation that has come into the new generation. But young people, please hear me. Let God be true and every man a liar. It doesn't matter what the world does to us. We do not allow the world to determine the attitudes of our heart. We do not allow a reaction to the world to create the character within us. We have been predestined to be conformed into the image of Christ. I, did, I didn't hear you. So it doesn't matter what the world does to us. It doesn't matter what we experience in life. We must determine in our life that we are going to be like Jesus. Now, one of the character traits that God wants to develop in our life is this loyalty. We defined loyalty as when the expectations of faithfulness end, loyalty begins. It's like a super extreme faithfulness. We learn that God expects loyalty to be seen in our relationship with Him, our spouse, our families, and our friends. Proverbs 3, verse 3. Never let loyalty, New Living Translation, never let loyalty and kindness leave you. Tie them around your neck as a reminder. Write them deep within your heart. Then you will find favor with both God and people and you will earn a good reputation. And you will earn a what? Now today you're going to understand a little bit more about that concept of reputation. And I just have one thought for you today, and that's this. The only person who can be a peacemaker is a person with loyalty in their heart. The character that is necessary to be a peacemaker is loyalty. Now, we know that God has called us to be peacemakers. Matthew chapter 5, verse 9, Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called 
the sons of God. Now notice it did not say peacekeeper, it said peacemaker. It is not our job to stand between conflicting people. It is not our job to stand there like a policeman and stop a war, a cold war that constantly goes on. That, that's not our job. But it is our job in our families, in our offices, in our schools, in our connect groups, in the church. It is our job to always be a peacemaker. Everybody say, peacemaker. Say it again, please. Now, Paul writes this, Philippians 4, verse 1. Therefore, my brothers, whom I love and long for, my joy, my crown, this is how you should stand firm in the Lord, dear friends. I plead with Judea and I plead with Syntyche to agree with each other in the Lord. Two ladies were having conflict. They were disagreeing. They were what? Yes, and I ask you, loyal yoke fellow. Now, notice the concept, yoke fellow. This would refer to the pastor of the church in Philippi. Paul and he were under the same yoke. Everybody say, under the same yoke. I ask you, loyal yoke fellow, help these women who have contended at my side in the cause of the gospel, along with Clement and the rest of my fellow workers, whose names are in the book of life. Paul had two women that were having a disagreement. These were not bad women. Paul has no criticism for these women. Paul has no negative words about these women. But these two women were having conflict. These were two women that had contended for the gospel alongside of Paul. These were two women who had worked in leadership with the Apostle Paul. They had preached the gospel with the Apostle Paul. These were two women who had been part of the leadership team of Paul there in Philippi. And he says, now, loyal yoke fellow, I need, I need a favor. He said, I need you to go and help these two agree with each other. Now, in every social group, good people have disagreements. Everybody say, good people have disagreements. How many of you have a family? How did the rest of you come to this earth? Were you hatched from an egg? How many of you have a family? Are there ever disagreements in your family? Are they bad people? No, you just have disagreements. How many husbands and wives are here? Put your hands up. You ever have disagreements? Brother Rex, you mean that Tita Lena hasn't learned yet that you're always right? How many years have you been married? 37 years, and you haven't learned yet that he's always right? Amazing! You mean after 37 years, you have not yet learned, Rex, that she's always right? Amazing! When young men get married, I say the first thing every young man must learn is to say, yes, dear. And all the young men said, well, bless God, I'm, I'm not going to be undressed. That's not being undressed. That's being a good husband. Yes, dear. What, what would make you happy? Second thing I teach every young man is when your wife looks at you and says, that's different, discussion is over. Because it is different. Now, we may not understand, guys, how it's different, but I promise you, in your wife's mind, it's different. Your logic has just ended. She says, that's different. So just be happy. 
You know, you can disagree and not be disagreeable. Did you hear what I just said? Good people, it's all right for good people to disagree. Are we still here? How many of you work in offices? Are there disagreements in the offices? Young people in university, put your hands up. Do you have disagreements with your classmates? Yeah. You see, somehow Christians get this idea that if we're all Christian, we always agree. Anybody who believes that has never been married. Now Paul looks at him and says, loyal yoke fellow, I need you to help these two women agree. I need you to help these two ladies settle their conflict. Now notice, he does not ask just anybody. He asks a loyal person. He asks a what? You see, a disloyal person. You, you cannot have them make peace because rather than making peace, they will make opportunity. 2 Samuel chapter 15, beginning with verse 3, New Living Translation. Absalom would say, you've got to, everybody say, Absalom, this is the rebellious, betraying son of David. Absalom would say, you've got a real strong case here. It's too bad the king doesn't have anyone to hear it. Notice, driving the wedges. I wish I were judge. Then people could bring their problems to me, and I would give them justice again. He uses conflict to drive the wedge. And when people tried to bow before him, Absalom would not let them. Instead, he took them by the hand and braced them. Sip, sip to infinity and beyond. See, a disloyal person will use every conflict as an opportunity to advance their own agenda. Let me say that again. A disloyal person, a rebellious person, will use every conflict as an opportunity to drive a wedge and advance their own personal agenda. Everybody say, their own agenda. A loyal person. Lola can call you on the phone and say, sweetheart, your cousins in the province are really having a big fuss. Can you go and help your cousins get along? And you'll look at Lola and say, yes, Nye. I will go and take care of the cousins. And you go down and you make peace because you are loyal to your family. Are we still here? You don't get down there and go, you know, let's see, what can I get out of this? What, how can I improve my position? How, how, can I, how can I do that? How can I, how can I get some more of this property? No. Lola knows that you are loyal to the family so they can ask you. In a company, when there's people having conflict, they can ask you. You have that reputation. You're loyal. You're what? They know that you're not going to use this to get somebody fired and advance your own position. In a connect group, two connect group leaders are having a conflict. In the church, there's some people having conflict. You can be asked to step in and be a peacemaker because you have no agenda. You're loyal. Everybody say, no agenda. All right, that's my offering thought today. Would you put your tithe in the red envelopes?